Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, The Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. It is great to be here again for episode 90. Oh my gosh, only 10 episodes more. Well, nine episodes more, really, until we reach that milestone, episode 100. Um, I have been spruiking it on the pod each week, and rightly so. We are having a an event um, for the 100th episode of the show. Um, it's all happening on uh, February the 15th at the Spotted Mallard in 2020, uh, a very short uh, four weeks away, ladies and gents. And uh, tickets are are available. Um, I've sold five tickets so, so far. I've sold two tickets to my mum and dad and three tickets to my three friends. So <laughs> it should be a, a bloody awesome night, I tell you. <laughs> So uh, previous guests of the Art of Touring or fans of the show or, or anyone who's listening right now, please buy a ticket. Please come to the show. It's going to be awesome. Oh, this week I caught up with bass player, singer, sound and lighting technician and former professional wrestler Robert Lagi. Uh, Robert and I met um, about six months, 12 months ago um, at... Uh, Gosh, where did I meet Robert? I'm pretty sure I met him first um, while we were shooting um, a film at the beginning of the year and then uh, beginning of last year, rather, in 2019. And uh, and then subsequently, I saw him a bunch of other times um, at uh, local wrestling shows around Melbourne. And um, I thought, you know what? I reckon Robert's got some stories, which he certainly did. Keep listening to hear Robert reveal the inventive way a sausage can be used in a professional wrestling ring art of touring is brought to you every single friday you can listen to art of touring on itunes spotify or on the google podcasts app on your android device guys tell friends about the show subscribe to the podcast tweet about it make a facebook post about it print off a4 flyers of the show and drop them from the mcg on melbourne cup day hang on that's no no that would be weird there'd be nobody there <laughs> drop them from um a plane over the, um, the Flemington race course on Melbourne Cup Day. That would be wild. Do that. Uh, basically, just tell people about the show. That would be awesome. Uh, if you are listening with kids, however, it might be a good idea to put on... Hmm, what are we going to put on this week? We're going to put on the real Ghostbusters. Okay. Throw on the real Ghostbusters for the kidlets, and then once they're dropped off at daycare or they're asleep or something, then... Come on back to the Art of Touring podcast because there's some swearing. You don't want their little precious ears being, you know, subjected to the F-bomb before they're meant to. Now let's take a moment for this week's sponsor. Episode 90 of the Art of Touring is brought to you by Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. Lobo's is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. They have something for even the most diehard collector. Uh, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, Star Trek, Dino Riders, Wrestling, Funko Pop figures, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, The Wizard of Oz, Barbie, Gem, Lord of the Rings. Pretty much every pop culture franchise is featured somewhere in this store. The list goes on and on and on. The coolest thing about Lobos is they are constantly acquiring new old stock to add to their store, so you're sure to find something different every time you visit. Let them know you heard about the store from Old Mate Sizz Dog from the Art of Touring podcast. I visit Lobos most weekends and I always leave with a little something to add to the collection. Lobos Collectibles, the best toy store in the universe! Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can. All you got to do is Google Art of Turing 
and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Has anyone ever listened to a podcast on a desktop? I never have. So I don't know why I spruik Wooshka every week. I think it's because I wrote it down one week and I was like, oh, that's another thing I could say at the start of the pod. But now it's quite antiquated. It never, it, it was never a thing. So it's the opposite of anti. It's not antiquated. It was, it's it's a waste of time. Is what it is. But look, you know, thank you, Wooshka. You host millions of podcasts. I'm sure you love hosting mine. So thank you very much, Wooshka. Before we hear my conversation with Robert, I'd like to share with you some of his music. This is a track called Secrets by Enter Twilight, his former band. Check it out. Here we go. There's just a taste of uh, Enter Twilight. The track was called Secrets. I can't play much more, guys, because it was an epic track. It goes for about seven minutes, but that was definitely Robert playing bass, slapping a bass, man, on that track. And now let's sit back and breathe in. That's right. It's Sis Dog and Robert shooting the shit. Strap in and let's get loose. It's time for the Art of Touring to begin. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I'm sitting here in Siriani, uh, Casa Siriani tonight because we're not in the studio because uh, there's crazy fires all happening around Australia at the moment. It's very, very, um, it's very bad and there's a lot of smoke happening. So I had to bring the, the podcasting equipment into the main house, but we're quite comfortable. My guest this evening is Robert Luggy. Uh, he's a bass player, singer, sound and lighting technician and, perf- and former professional wrestler. How are you, Robert? Good, Dave. Yourself, mate? Good, good. Did I get their last name right or did I fuck it up already? <laughs> nah, that's all right. It's good. Close enough. Yeah. 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 Luggy? Luggy. Luggy. Yeah, oh, I yeah. forgot the, the R in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the... Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to sing it. You got to sing it. Yeah, yeah. You got to sing it. Luggy. <laughs> and, um, and my guest has brought over some... Um, it's not Lambrusco. What is it? This is uh, Ricadona. Ricadona. Yeah. Salute. Salute. Yeah, we'll, we'll see it. if we can get the... Uh, there we go. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. We heard a cheers there. Yeah. First, it's your first podcast of the year, yeah? It is. It is my yeah. first podcast of the year. Yeah. So, and, and the decade. And so, the decade. What an honor. And so you thought, we'll, we'll bring <laughs> over some celebratory um, beverages. Well, that's the wog in me, yeah. A, li- a little bit of the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the salami out later. We'll get some cheese and yes. <laughs> we'll get the squeeze box out. And <laughs> Fantastic. We'll, we'll let our inner wog shine, mate. Why not? Fantastic. Well, um, well, we'll start off the show as I do um, each and every week, and that is um, with, the, with the simple question, mate. Where, where are you from and where did you grow up? Um, I'm from Cockatoo. Uh, between Cocker One and Cocker Three, no, uh, it's um, it's out in the in the Dandenong Ranges out that way. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I grew up on a farm. Yeah, out there, uh, poultry and cattle. Yeah, right. Your so, your parents were farmers. Farmers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I grew up uh, tractors and cars and 
Mate. Welding and fixing things and mechanical stuff, digging holes, digging dams. You know, real full-on <laughs> country boy. <laughs> yeah. Big yeah. family? Big family. Uh, four, four, four children. Yeah, four yeah. kids. Yeah. And uh, where are you in the, in the lineage? Uh, I'm the third. Yeah. Uh, three, uh, two older brothers and one younger sister. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, kind of the baby-ish. Yeah. <laughs> well, the youngest of the boys anyway. Youngest of the boys, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you would have coped today. Yeah, I had to fight for everything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm um, one of three and I'm the youngest of three boys. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I would get all the hand-me-downs and all that kind of stuff yeah. and, you know, never really thought any different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, there you well, go. At least they got handed down. Like my brother, he'd buy all this crap, and when he got either got sick of it or he realised it was junk, then he'd have like a sale. All oh, right. <laughs> so he'd try and recoup his losses. He's an accountant now, so it sort of makes sense. In there you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he'd, he'd he'd have his sales and sell all his junk to uh, to us at, at probably inflated prices. <laughs> you didn't know any better. Yeah, we'd know better. You want this uh, vinyl? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Fifty bucks. Oh, it's so much pocket money. I can't afford it. Well, you're stuck on a farm, so you've got no reference. It's like, oh, well, uh, I've got access to it. That's that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Whatever he's, he's peddling. <laughs> that must have been amazing growing up on a farm um, as, as a youngster. My gosh. I mean, I'm... Uh, my nonna and nonno, um, they had a farm up in King Lake. Okay, yeah. So we would go up there Christmas and Easter and, you know, family gatherings, um, and that was a lot of fun, but... Um, uh, every day on a farm, wow! Yeah, you would have so much fun. Oh, running around, dirt bikes. Uh, yeah, getting in so of much yeah. mischief. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling animals. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling animals. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I should say that actually. Yeah, I used to used to have a few bouts with the with the ram. There, they're, they're, they're pretty tough animals. I'll yeah, tell you. no doubt. <laughs> you know, don't don't watch yourself. They'll they'll hurt you. Bloody oath! <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, and um. Well, yeah, we mentioned that you're a bass player and a singer. Did um, music come into your your life at an early age? My mum was uh, sort of a, an operatic singer, not formally trained, but she she used to do a lot of church singing and things when she was in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, and did a lot of singing with her as a kid, uh, but nothing formal, as in no formal training as such. Sure, yeah, just sort of, you know, just having to sing along with the kind of thing. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so that that was my introduction to music. It wasn't really a musical house as such. I think my, my brother had a, a Juno 6 keyboard at one stage, which was pretty cool because you yeah. can make all those space sounds with the oscillators and stuff. It was good fun. Uh, but, um, yeah, sort of uh, around uh, oh, probably around sort of like 10 years or so. I can't remember exactly, but WrestleMania come on TV. Oh, really? <laughs> and that's um, that that got my distraction. I grew up watching boxing and stuff with my dad because he was a, he was an ex boxer and yeah and uh, stuff like that. So we always into that. And at the time, I thought wrestling was pretty real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ten year old. Yeah. That's exactly when yeah you're hitting that mark. There. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. hey, dad, check this out. It's like oh, it's his rubbish. <laughs> it's like it's all rubbish. It's like no, nah, look at him. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I sort of got into that. I think yeah, WrestleMania one was the first time I actually saw a wrestling event. Yeah, event. Oh yeah. wow! And so that was aired down here, WrestleMania yeah, one. It was on um um. It was on free to air TV. I think it was on Channel Ten. Wow! <laughs> yeah. So Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and all that. Uh, who was it? Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, Roddy Piper, uh, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Paul Andre Giant. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, all the old school guys. And you just dialed in, 10 years old, you're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever oh, seen in my life. sold straight away. Sold straight away. Yeah, it's like, yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, and so w- what came first? Like when, because I mean, you, you said you were kind of singing with your mum, the operatic kind of stuff. Um, but then when you saw the wrestling, that really kind of like turned you on. You're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like when you when you uh, first kind of left school or maybe during school, like did you play music or did you start wrestling while you're still in school? Or I did amateur wrestling at um, well, Greco-Roman wrestling mm-hmm. at, at um, school. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no music programs because I'm sort of a bit old. <laughs> I'm like nearly 50 now. And yeah, music yeah. programs were just starting to get introduced into my school at the lower levels when I was finishing up. 
Oh, they right. Didn't, they didn't offer music at that time. Huh. Uh, yeah, so I kind of missed out on all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I was more the sports. So I was in the power, powerlifting, weightlifting, all that sort of stuff. Cause oh, I, really? I was into the wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, the musical thing came in probably, I think it was a WrestleMania three. I saw Alice Cooper. Yeah. And then it's like, who's this dude? He's he's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I started looking into him and uh, stumbled across my brother's the first album I ever listened to, Welcome to My Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love the whole thing. It's like a story. It's a musical story, and I sort of really got sold on that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And um, then then I started to get interested in 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 music from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I had a sort of a a a, a, a con- sort of a running passion between music and and wrestling and wrestling yeah Yeah. Mm. um and so you started playing the bass guitar first or you started singing first or singing i i'd sang in uh in quite a few bands doing battle of the bands a lot of bands around melbourne uh, yeah with um bands like who was it root beer the meanies uh, sort of stuff the older older bands uh, gosh, who else? You, you uh, sang in the Meanies? No, no, no. Just gigging with those kind of bands. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Your band played with those yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of what thing. was your band called? Uh, first, it was called Bedlam. Bedlam? Yeah. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, so it was sort of, um, yeah, sort of uh, sort of heavy rock, uh, a little bit funky kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of a hybrid thing going on there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I sort of sang in, uh, in that band. I sang in a couple of bands and... Um, then uh, through an opportunity, I was I was um, a, a boxhill TAFE. I was uh, a member of the student union, the the actual organisation. I was a student association at that time, but you know, I was the secretary of it. Yeah, and I was responsible for doing a lot of the um, the events like uh, like union nights, the party nights, basically mm. booking bands that sort of stuff. So I got got involved in um, the band seen like at another level for like more of the 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 behind the scenes level then right and um yeah i managed to get onto through some contacts onto a tour with faith no more the victorian part of the tour and uh, touring uh, the real thing the album oh okay it was either 88 or 89 i think it was and yeah um, yeah made friends with uh billy gould bass player from faith no more yeah and he kind of so when you were on tour, like what? What was your job? I was um, part of the media crew, right? Yeah, so I was just following them around, just doing media stuff, and yeah, so I did um, Geelong and Melbourne leg with them, and just hung out with them a bit. And uh, what does that mean, media crew? I still don't understand. Um, well, I, I would do multiple things in the in the union. I'd, I'd do like uh, events, but I'd also do a lot of the media stuff as well. So through through that media we got an opportunity to, to hang out with them on their Victorian part of the the tour. So I followed them around and basically reported and went back and did articles and stuff like that on the Oh on the, yeah. right. Yeah. So you yeah. wrote yeah. articles yeah, yeah. about the tour yeah. <laughs> for university. Yeah, for for Box Hill Tafe. For uh, Box Hill Tafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, now I'm with you. Yeah, what an amazing opportunity. Yeah, so it was good and he um, he inspired me to learn bass. So then I started taking up bass and I thought, you know, it's it's a bit easier too. You're not in front all the time and you haven't got <laughs> yeah. that pressure of performing and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. You know, because uh, uh, I was sort of naturally gifted, but I wasn't trained so mm. i suppose you know that there was there was a bit of hit and miss in the singing <laughs> sure sure yeah so yeah basically i took up bass then and um yeah yeah and worked my way through worked in a lot of music shops around melbourne like billy hyde's allen's all those places there as you know as, as uh, one of the guitar guys and mm-hmm. the technicians so having a technical background as well as a te- uh, electronic technician so yeah um i was good at uh, repairing and all that sort of stuff and got right. a lot of Band opportunities, like a lot of gig opportunities there as well. Um, yeah, uh, started playing in uh, some of the progressive metal bands in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, Enter Twilight, and uh, they did a lot of work with um, Vanishing Point at one stage. Oh, I've heard of that band, band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so went on a lot of tours with those guys, uh, sort of supporting them. Yeah. Yeah, so then it sort of got into the, the, the bass playing side of things. And so this was all in your 20s? Uh, 20s, 30s, um, probably, 
Yeah, late twenties, I'd say. Yeah, uh, started mid, playing. Mid to late twenties, I sort of started to get into the metal scene more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you said you actually went on tour with one of the... So the band you were in went on tour with Vanishing Point? Yeah, Vanishing Point. We did Ed Guy uh, the, when they did their tour mm-hmm. of Australia, stuff like that. Uh, that was a... <laughs> yeah, I sort of... I, I became a bit notorious. I'd, um, I, I'd do some pretty silly things. And uh, uh, one of them that became sort of an expected thing was to strip off naked on stage and run around somewhere during the set. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm running around. Uh, was it? The, uh, the not the corner where was it uh, the the Espy yeah that's it yeah and so it became a regular thing and so um, it's a funny I was actually at Rocky Ravik's house last night yeah uh, catching up with his dad because Steve who you met from the the movie um, mm, mm. he used to manage bands he was managing Vanishing Point and he used to throw us a lot of gigs oh so right became, that's how, that's all connected there yeah so yeah. I known Steve for a long time and mm. I'd catch up with him every once in a while and I was putting down a, a track for Rocky and uh, Steve comes in and goes there's something wrong I was like what do you mean he goes, oh, you got clothes on. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> he still won't let you live it yeah. down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's brilliant. It got to a point, you're writing the set list out. You go, okay, we're doing Black Monday, and then we're going to go into, you know, futuristic uh, psycho killer, and then Robert's going to get his kid off and run around the stage, yeah. and then we're going to do the next song. <laughs> that, that's right, yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, make sure the bass is strapped at the right height. Just yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, oh it was fun God. in hindsight. I think, uh, uh, and you were the only one in the band that did it. They were like, uh, yeah, did- I don't think they were terribly impressed at some stage. I think, <laughs> right? I think the singer that wasn't impressed. Uh, it's like, why is this dude always nude? Yeah, it's I don't like, want to look around. And this guy's butt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a bit fitter back then too, so, so I don't know if I'd be doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. no, I remember. Um, I used to be in a touring band, and uh, sometimes, you know, on the road, things happen on the road that wouldn't usually happen, like say at a regular gig or in the rehearsal room, and you know, just playing around Melbourne. But when you're on the road, and 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 there's a bit of sauce coming around, and yeah. people get a bit loose, a lot of the time there's, there's you know, a few pranks being played on each other. A lot of it, sometimes it involves nudity, you know, which, um, yeah, look, take it and leave it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really my thing, but sometimes other members of the band think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, like, like yourself, like, oh, screw, let's do it. You know, well, why a, not? It's a process. You've got to feel it out. Because I started yeah. off, you know, there was a couple of gigs there where I sort of tried to interact with the audience and, you know, it's a pool table and they were playing pool. I'd run up on the table and kick their balls and run back on stage and stuff but that that got a little bit awkward yeah <laughs> some people didn't appreciate it so. no I'd yeah kicked in if you did that at the wrong place yeah I think it was at the central club in Richmond I think I, I, I nearly lost a few teeth there yeah right <laughs> some of them didn't take to it kindly jeez man that's full yeah. on but it was, yeah it was a good laugh and well, it got, their, got their attention well that's it yeah that's what it's about I guess well yeah <laughs> in Melbourne, my gosh, if you don't do something wild these days, yeah, people have pretty much just got their arms crossed, you know, waiting to go home or unless they really are dialed into the music, you know. Yeah, yeah, you got those people, so they get on stage and they're probably just practising in their bedroom and they're just looking at their hands and they're just playing and they're not even looking up. And, yeah. and it's like, well, you might be having fun, but you're not really transferring anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot difficult, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so. Do you have any... Um, I mean, you were just mentioning how you used to get nude on stage and kicking, um, you know, balls off people's pool tables to get a, to get a rise out of them. But um, do you have any stories um, from those days that um, that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I think um, oh, was it was the old days of the um, King Street there where you used to have the the grain store. I think it was. Yeah. Doing a gig there, and um, those um, Zumba kind of pants were pretty fashionable back then. You know, Zumba <laughs> pants. Yeah, yeah, sort of stripy, patterned, all freaky stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is like in the early nineties, mid yeah, mid nineties. Sort of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Around that time, and uh, yeah, on stage, ready to get up and sing, and. Um, Got the Zumba pants on, no underwear. <laughs> I didn't know much about staging at that time, and uh, there was a lot of low backlighting. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was quite an interesting silhouette being cast through the pants there. <laughs> oh, really? That's how thin the material was yeah, on you your pants? You see through it with the backlighting. <laughs> and uh, that's probably where I sort of lost my inhibition to be naked, possibly. <laughs> that's probably the starting point. You're yeah. like, oh, everyone's already seen my, my wedding tackle. I might as well just take the whole kit off. Hey, look, it's been seen now. There's no, <laughs> There's no turning back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Keep the standard. Well, listen, listen, boys and girls, if you're on stage, you know, and you forget your undies, sometimes, you know, these kind of crazy things can happen. So be warned. Yes. Yes. A small threat, as people said, but. Uh... Far out, man. Fantastic. All right, so you're cutting your teeth on the metal scene. You know, you're in your mid to to, to late 20s. Um, and when does wrestling become part of your life? Like actually in, in ring performing? Uh, probably uh, early 30s, actually. I got yeah. into it very late. Um, I th- went to pro PWA, Pro Wrestling Alliance. Um, Lobo Henry, do you know Henry? No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was running at the time and mm-hmm. started training there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got into the training of um, wrestling, probably trained a good year. Started off with Jay Andrews, who's the MCW trainer at the moment. Okay. Um, then Sean, the enforcer. Top guy, like one of the best trainers. Shame he's not training. Um, the enforcer, real, the enforcer, Sean Bester. That was his, that was his in ring gimmick. Yeah, yeah, fantastic trainer. Like yeah. never seen anyone better. Wow. Yeah, and he was really good. He taught me a shitload. Mm. Um, and on getting ready as a rookie to start wrestling. Yeah, uh, did did a rumble here and there, whatever. Uh, then the sound guy. The sound guy that was doing the show decided to just no show. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Henry's like, oh, we're screwed. We, we we've got no lights, sound. we've got no sound, sound. we've got nothing. And it was yeah. about two hours before the show was going to start. And it's like, oh, oh, I can do it. <laughs> and, yeah, that was it. I, that's how I got into this. That was the start of my lighting and sound and audio visual career in professional wrestling. <laughs> right, because the bloke never showed up. <laughs> yeah. And he still hasn't showed up, what, 20 years later? Yeah, yeah. He, he, just, he just ghosted him completely and just disappeared. <laughs> You've still got his gig to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm waiting for him to come. Come back and talk yeah, about wrestle is, a little bit. That's it. That's it. You're still stuck behind the desk. Yeah. So With a dog. No, that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, I got stuck. That's how I ended up in the in the technical side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I always always had a background. I, I did some work at the School of Audio Engineering in St Kilda, um, Bel Air Studios in Burrumbina. So did had some experience. Yeah. yeah with yeah. recording mm. and, and 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 that sort of thing and staging working at um, Billy Hyde. So I did you know a lot of the PA and and stuff like that right so yeah so you learned it. all of the technical stuff yeah. um yeah. yeah through your 20s there yeah yeah so i had a, a pretty solid background and, and being a technician mm. i could actually repair stuff if a, if it you know with a screwdriver and, and, and a hammer and a bit of tin foil i could get most things working <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's how i got into all that and um and so that, that did that kind of Hinder your professional wrestling career because a lot of the time you were looked at like the guy that oh we can just use him now as the as the sound and lighting guy or yeah pretty much pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah right yeah. right but in a way it probably did me a favour because uh, you're still getting booked to <laughs> be at the show didn't you yeah yeah still getting booked and I wasn't taking the damage that the other guys were so some That's of the it. guys that started off with me aren't in crash shot shape now so yeah right uh, so you know, it does take its toll on you it really does yeah yeah it's uh, it's an accum it's not necessarily an instantaneous thing that's a it's an accumulative thing you know mm. so someone done their back but that's that was the last thing they did but the 10 years of accumulation mm-hmm. yeah it didn't happen just there on the spot sort of nah, thing. that's it mm. like i um i love pro wrestling i uh growing up i was 17 like right when the attitude era hit you know 1997 i'm as a 17 year old you know watching this product on telly and i was just um just fell in love with it you Mm. know because as a kid i never really got into it Mm. um i mean i knew who hulk hogan was yeah but it wasn't really on the telly 
yeah. as enough for me to really dial into it. Yeah. I was more interested in Ghostbusters and He-Man and Ninja Turtles and all that kind of stuff, you yeah. know, the stuff that was actually on the TV. Um, but then, yeah, as, as um, we got older, um, it actually started becoming available. I actually remember I got my mum to get us Foxtel so we could watch the wrestling. That's how much we wanted to, because we, we knew about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it was, it was the biggest thing in the world, even though we were, I think, you know what we got? We got uh, Sunday Night Heat on Channel 9. Oh, okay, yeah, I it was like a one in the morning or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was ridiculous rubbish time. time. Yeah, and, but, yeah. but that was enough. I'm like, oh, what's this? This is awesome, you know. <laughs> and I think maybe we got WCW as well on a different network, I think. Okay. But I was never really, even though I'm wearing the WCW t-shirt tonight, yeah. I was never much for a WCW guy. I was, yeah. you know, right in the WWF. It was kind of like that, though, at the time. I think because yeah. I was really into the WCW and tried to watch the WWE, but mm. wasn't really up with the stories or the characters. So I just default back to WCW. Because I was familiar go. with what they were doing. What they were, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I just loved watching it as a fan. Um, and uh, I think I I was so dialed into it when Mick Foley retired and they had that old angle with um, Randy Orton as the legend killer and he kept losing to Randy Orton. Mm. I'm like, what are they doing to my favourite wrestler? This is this is awful. But I didn't realise it was a work. Like, you know, yeah, that's right. that's I don't right. understand. I'm like, yeah. but um, even though as a 20-year-old, like I knew that wrestling, like the whole thing of it. I understood mm. that it was a storyline and everything, but I just didn't like what they were doing to his character. Mm. So I actually stopped watching it for 10 years. You <laughs> so traumatised? It was. It traumatised me. If I ever meet Randy Orton, I'm like, dude, you, you – Congratulations! You did your job so well working McFoley that I fell out of love yeah. of wrestling altogether. He killed it for me. He killed it for me. But now I love him because I understand that you know it's it's all entertainment. But uh, uh. yeah, I didn't. And then for ten years, and then and then ten years later, um, my wife and I were were holidaying in the Caribbean because you know that's something you say to someone every day. Yeah. Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and we were there for about a month, and um, every Monday night. Well, the first Monday, we just chucked on the tally and they had the USA Network. Oh, okay. Yeah. Monday Night Raw was on. And I see, the, I see Mick Foley and he's cutting a promo <laughs> with this guy called CM Punk. Okay. And there's Punk and he's, he's talking his ass because he's just like, you know, the best talker of the last friggin' 15 years, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, the best, you yeah. know. Um, and he, and, and obviously Mick putting him over in that promo, that was enough for me. Yeah. For that month, every Monday we watched it. When I came back, I was sold again. Yeah. Ever since then. That was 2011. Yeah. So it's almost been 10 years now that I've just been absolutely sold. I'm drunk the Kool-Aid like yeah. so bad. <laughs> so there you go, man. Oh, man, I do want to hear more about your time in wrestling and talking about wrestling and all that fun stuff. But before we do, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about Anytime Fitness in Epping. I recently joined the Anytime Fitness community and I love it. They give you a key fob. Uh, which gives you access, 24-hour access, not only to your home gym, but every Anytime Fitness location around the world, which means if you're planning a holiday and you don't want to ease up on your training while you're overseas or interstate, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. It's perfect for the Turing Muso or for the wrestler as well, the Turing wrestler. If you're on the road and you need to get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness somewhere and get your training in. I love the whole concept of the 24-hour gym. And I think the best part for me, because I don't like training with headphones, uh, is they have an app called Crowd DJ, which you can download to your smartphone and you can control the music in the gym. So if you're in the mood to play some of your favorite tracks and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you are like me and you don't train with headphones on, uh, you can still listen to your own playlist of music while getting your gym session done. Uh, You also have the Anytime Fitness app, which you have access to when you sign up, uh, uh, which has heaps of programs and workouts uh, to help you on your fitness journey. Not to mention the very friendly staff who are always happy to help. So head on down to Anytime Fitness in Epping and sign up today. It's interesting, going back to the thing about you saying how um, uh, Randy Orton was beating um, Foley and you were devastated. Yeah. Just a funny thing popped to mind when I just started um, training 
with um, Jay Andrews. Mm. And I was you know, barely just started. And I honestly didn't know how it worked. No. Like, it's just like, yeah, I'm in training. Yeah, cool. And um, Jay just got me down and he's like yelling at me. He's, he's working. He's going, get up. So I got up. And he started to get really pissed and started to try and f- sort of, you know, throw me around. So I started, thought, I thought, oh, maybe we're just going to improvise. So I just started doing like improvised roll-ups and stuff with him. Yeah. And the more I'm doing it, the more he's cracking it, like he's losing it. Oh. And I, I wasn't clicking. I thought, you know, we're wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you're used to the Greco-Roman stuff, you're yeah, like, yeah. well, so we're sort of rolling him and letting him up, and you know, so oh yeah, the, it's nearly a two count. I let him up, you know, sort of stuff. And yeah, you know, yeah. so this like, like in music, you know, we're jamming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And he's losing it. It is. Oh, he ended up um, getting me in a chokehold, and he's like really cranking it. It's like, hang on. This is not. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. I better stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, he didn't. I don't think he's particularly fond of me for a while after that. He thought I was disrespecting him or something. But I, I just legitimately thought, oh, we'll just improvise. This is how you wrestle, you know. Maybe this is how it's done. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do any it on better. the fly. <laughs> I yeah. do that with music. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so he wasn't terribly impressed with my. <laughs> his first impression of me wasn't a good one. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh gosh. Now, did I? I mean, because of my 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 reintroduction into the the world of wrestling, um, uh, I was saying to you earlier that I go to the gym a lot now because um, I just I'm completely drunk to Kool Aid. So I see these guys wrestling, I'm like man, these dudes must be fit. I want to be fit as well, you know. And so I'm like, oh, I wanna, I wanna just because I have so much respect for what the in-ring performers do, I'm like, I want to learn how to take a bump just so I know mm. what it feels like. Because I know it's going to hurt, but yeah. I just want to know what it feels like. And so I went took myself off to George's, you know, wrestling. George, uh, man, pussycat. Yeah. <laughs> G'day, George. Uh, you yeah, remember that from the movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, I, I went there. It was like I was told to be there for six, and we were there until nine. We bumped for three straight hours. Mm. And I I couldn't walk for like a week. Like my yeah. legs were fucked. Is that from the bumping or is that from George getting you after you finished training? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a training. All right. Just wanted to clarify that. It was know. the training. <laughs> George was um, George was at the training session, but he yeah. didn't actually take it. Um, yeah. It was Jason. No, he never takes it. <laughs> no, he's... he's- Oh, sorry, right, I'll bring it back to clean. <laughs> he was, he was, um, he was just yeah. there as like an observer. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so Jason, the Crusher Cole, was training that night. Um, I think it's Aiden Miller. Uh, Aiden, yep, 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 yep. He was also training, and Erica Reed was was oh, yeah. there as well, training, yeah. training good, us good as bunch well. Of people, oh, perfect, yeah. you know. Um, and I'd already met um, Jason and and Erica, and both previous, um, you mm. know, uh, guests on the Art of Touring. Mm. Um, and, um, oh man, I, we were doing, you know, the, the bumps, they were showing us all these different bumps. And every time I felt like I didn't do it right, even though I had to kind of wait my turn, I kind of saw people kind of go, oh, can I try it again? And as soon as I saw them go, yes, I was Mm. like, well, I'm going to do that. So as soon as I stuffed up a move or whatever, I'm like, can I try that again? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, of course. So I would just try every time. I was like, "Can I do it again? Can I do it again?" Yeah. <laughs> so I just like, because I'm like, when am I going to get to be in a wrestling ring again? You mm. know, like it's mm. not going to happen unless I, you know, actually want to do this. But I, mm. I have no passion for it in that way. Mm. Maybe um, announcing or refing or you know being a mm. color character or something in that world. I would love to do that. But as far as actually being an in ring performer. Yeah. Fucking no way! No, you take a lot of damage. Look. So much damage. <laughs> yeah, you do. Like everyone, so I think that the 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 the, the confusion is people say, "Oh, wrestling's fake." Mm. It's like right, it's a predetermined outcome. Yeah, but none of those things that you're doing are fake. Like, yeah. there's no way of going off a top rope onto a hardwood floor, which I've seen Mad Dog do a million times, and and not feeling something. And not, 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 not cracking your teeth when you hit the bloody floor, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, there's no way of faking that. That's right. There's no way of falling on thumbtacks or barbed wire or, you know, or even, even just getting a, a, a decent suplex, and, you know? If, oh, if dude. You, if you don't protect yourself, because you can't always depend on the guy that's that's um, that's giving you the move. You've got to be responsible for your safety and protect exactly. yourself, you know? Well, even like as something as a scoop slam, like that's mm. what that was the last move that we did at the end of the training session. Mm. And, you know, they 
they taught us how to post, yeah. like putting your um, your hand on the the inner th- well, not the inner thigh, but the outer thigh. You know, mm. just where the um, the leg and and the the hip joint meet, mm. digging right in, so that you could kind of support your weight while your legs are all the way up in the air, yeah. and T- then them slamming you down on the mat, chin and- tucking your chin and all yeah. that. Yeah. You know, all those um, little things. For, you forget one of those movements, you, you screwed. You yeah, not 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 fun. <laughs> so I first started training, like I I ended up with a sore throat, like probably a day or two after I'd done a lot of a lot of bumping, and it, I thought I was getting a, a, a like a throat. Infection, infection something, or something but it was actually the muscles hurting so much it felt like a sore throat <laughs> that's incredible yeah yeah because you're constantly kind of tucking yeah tucking your chin into your chest and you're constricting all those muscles yeah okay. yeah cool, so mate. i sort of got out of all that anyway i ended up doing a lot of booking like naw for example yeah. i used to used to book that for george for quite a quite a bit there um mm-hmm. for a year or two and oh, it helped out quite a lot so running it doing storylines and some of those guys like aiden and uh, and crusher cole they were coming in at the time so it's nice to see how they've developed as well like aiden mm. uh, he got a, his first title when i was running naw there so that was really cool that's awesome to give some of the the, the new guys a, a chance and yeah you know, he's tough man He's he's good. He's a good kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm not kid. He's he's. Not. <laughs> I'm fifty, so I can call him a kid. Everyone is a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's some great people that come through, and it was really mm. good to give them a go in, in an environment where they could, you know, have have uh, thrive a bit and, and yeah, have a bit and of flourish, a run. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 was my reward doing I'd sort of uh, look. I, I'd, I'd booked and run a lot of companies like a Warzone, uh, um, um, OCW, Outback Championship Wrestling, all that sort of thing. Back I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. But I was involved with a lot of companies like even back in the early <clears throat> days of PCW. Um, yeah, early days of MCW, back there again now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, always involved creatively and, and technically in the background, and it's good. It's nice to see these people get a chance and do something with it yeah and 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 stay stay on track too that's the trick because when people get a chance and they do something with it sometimes you know it gets to their head or they they, they lose their direction a bit sure so it's good to see you know that they're, they're keeping it together and yeah and, and, and making something of it you know it's nice to see them getting out over in into into wwe now some of the girls are doing really really well yep. yeah yeah you know, so it's that's it's great to see um Buddy Murphy, who's who's an MCW guy from, you know, uh, he's 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 getting a really good run now. Yeah, he's moment. on WWE TV almost every week. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're really getting behind him. So mm. it's, it's it's really <clears throat> nice to see these people. That, you know, you saw them start off and see where they managed to take it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, it's a it's kind of similar in the music game too, because like sometimes like as a muso, I remember playing in bands. Um, um, in my twenties, and playing alongside other bands, mm. and then you see them just enter the stratosphere. Like man, mm. like we did a gig once at the Ding Dong Lounge. We supported this band called Airborne. Okay, yeah, yeah I know. And now they're friggin' cool. just, just taking over the world in Europe, you know, and and all across the states. They're a big, big band. Massive, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I remember the first time I saw them was just in Bendigo. Um, mm. They were doing a regional show. Um, and then they were doing a show in um, in the, at the Ding Dong, and yeah, we got the support spot to support them. Mm. Um, yeah, but still, they were still just grinding it out, yeah. doing rural shows, doing you know Mel- local Melbourne shows. Um, but even then, b- before they made it big, you know, um, mm. their whole gimmick was they had it down. Yeah, they they, they did. The they work. would bring in like these empty Marshall cabinets and <laughs> line every stage they played yeah. so that it looked like that full ACDC yeah. style, kiss. you know, kiss <laughs> thing. Than, so yeah. it's all so it's like it's a show, yeah. you know. So they they certainly had the right mindset from the get go, and you know, yeah. that's a, that's the way you got to do it. Like you know, mm. so a lot of the um, a lot of the bands I like, like is is, is uh, sort of overboard. Like uh, probably going back. You might not know, like Wasp and you know, uh, Mr. Bungle, and you know, just just over the top sort of stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, you know, Tool, the Tool shows are just amazing. No, I've seen, seen Tool so many times. Yeah, I love that band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's it's quite good. 
Tism. Yeah, I saw you were in a Tism shirt the other day. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. There's one of one of my my favourite Aussie local bands. Yeah, them and Cosmic Psychos. Good old Ross Nighty. Yeah, had a few beers with that boy. He's a he's a bit of a beer boy. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was. That was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a- most definitely. So, um, yeah, so you you you've gone through the whole gamut, Matt. Yeah, you you started off playing bass. So I started off singing and then um, started playing bass as well. Um, you got into the world of sound and lighting and, and professional wrestling, and also booking professional wrestling shows as mm-hmm. well. Um, in throughout your whole career, what what do you think? Um, is the one thing that you kind of really like enjoyed the most? One of the gigs I got, I ended up getting into this show band, Italian traditional music. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wedding band. And they mm. go, nah, nah, show band. It's like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, wedding band. And um, there was a show band and I ended up touring around the world with them. Like oh, going wow. to the States, going to Canada, going all over the Australia, everywhere, uh, doing gigs in Boston with uh, the Pointer Sisters and stuff what? like that. Yeah, it was just like, it was crazy. And I had a ball. Like, as a bass just, player? As a bass player. And it was just like, everyone's like, oh, it's wog music. And the band I was in at the time, Enter Twilight, the prog metal band, yeah. they actually got bent out of shape about it. They were really upset. It was like, he's sold out and it's that. It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll go and give it a go and see how it goes, you know. Dude, you're getting a tour of the world. <laughs> yeah, and I got paid for it. So that was probably one of the highlights. So That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So it was a. They flew you over there, or you had yeah, to. No, I got flown over there, accommodation, oh and got paid to do the shows and everything, rehearsals. It was, it was a proper, proper gig. Um, what were they called, this band? Uh, Calabria Mia. Calabria Mia. Yeah. What's your heritage? Is uh, Calabrese or. Yeah, my dad's Calabrese. Yeah. yeah. And my, my mum's from Ireland. She's from Belfast. But yeah, well, da- dad's close. Italian. Same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> they both migrated here in the 50s, you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Calabrese. And so your folks? Uh, my father's um, uh, Marquigiano, uh, which is up near Abruzzo. My mum's from Na- Napoli, Napoli. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, full-blooded wog. The full wog style, mate. <laughs> That's it. Make yeah. a salami. You make the salamis? Did you learn how to do that or what? No, we didn't ever make the salamis. Yeah. Um, but my brother, a couple of years ago, he started um, doing the tomato day. Yeah. And so um, just out of like it's social, something to do, yeah, social, social activity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like let's come over and he would go down to the market, get all the tomatoes. It was nothing that we really did as kids. Hmm. My my uh, nonno, though, he had the farm like we were mentioning before. Yeah, yeah. And he would always make ricotta. Oh, okay. So that's something that we did have. And he did do the salamis as well, but yeah. my dad never did. No, he never it took was, it on? He never took it on, no, yeah. no. So it's not something we, we carried on or anything like that. Yeah. But um, there you go. have the facilities and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try, did you try, when we were doing the movie, um, did you try the uh, – I brought some in of the homemade one I made. Oh, did you really? Yeah, did you try it? No, you I, d- didn't. I don't you think so. Out. I must have missed uh, that. Might, I might not have been, you one. <laughs> I might, might, have, um, might not have been there that day. Possibly, yeah. I brought in it's a, yeah so it was a, it was a, <laughs> that was a that was a good fun experience too sort of getting into that stage of things of yeah. uh, the, the 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 movie production and all that. Well, you knowing Steve throughout the years of his um, time booking bands and all that, and now mm. that he's you know um, evolved into a you know writer director of of mm. film, um, that would have been quite an interesting um, thing. Like, so did he call you up and go, "Oh, hey, Robert, mm. I need a sound and lighting guy for the movie." Yeah. Pretty in, much, yeah. It's, it's a, and you're like, yeah, I can do that for you, mate. Yeah, I, I help out. I, throughout the years, I've always had a lot of respect for Steve. So if I could ever help him out, if he rings me up, it's like, oh, I'm doing a, a movie and I need a couple of wrestlers to do some fight scenes or something. Like, oh, right. Because of my con- connections and that, I'd, I'd try and help him out. Or if he needed a venue to, to set up a ring to do a movie, mm. you know, I'd, I'd, I'd try and set something up for him. So yeah, I've, yeah. Always, I've always helped him out because he, he helped out my I helped myself out when I was, you know, a, a budding musician. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just had the mutual because we loved wrestling. There's a there's a couple of I don't know they probably fix the wall up by now, but uh, in the corner hotel we used to throw each other around quite a bit yeah. and uh, cracked a few walls <laughs> in, in the back room there. <laughs>
full disclosure, uh, Art of Turing <laughs> listeners, we've had a bit of a, a technical uh, issue uh, 40 minutes into the pod. Um, the SD card decided to fill itself up. It went poopies in its pants. <laughs> it did. So we, there was a good 20 minutes there that we, we lost in the ether, never to be found again. But that's okay. We've, um, we've recovered. Um, we've had a toilet break. We've listened back to what we, what we got up to. We were, we were just listening to, um, to Robert uh, telling the story of uh, him uh, mucking around at the corner hotel with Steve. Yes. And uh, throwing each other into the wall. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, putting a few holes out the back room there in the corridors. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good old time. I yeah. love that venue, man. Yeah. I'd, um, I'd, I'd only ever been there as a punter up until about six months ago. Oh, yeah. um, I was putting a show together um, for the Pearl Jam tribute band thing that I do mm. sometimes nowadays. Mm. And... Um, We'd been doing it the Cherry Bar, but the Cherry Bar had been closed. It had only just reopened. Okay. Um, and so because they weren't an option, we were like, oh, who, who can we get to put on this show this year? And um, the Corner Hotel was the, the venue on the end of my list. I'm like, they're not going to want to put us on, you know. And they were the ones who, who got back to us. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll oh, do and, and then I checked their website. Like I did a little bit more research. I'm like, oh, they actually do tribute shows here. It's yeah. in a thing at that venue. That's, the, that's the, yeah, right down there. Uh, yeah, at yeah. their alley. So mm-hmm. I'm like, beautiful. So yeah, no, nah, the, 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 the corner hotel, man, forget about it. I love that joint. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, getting back into the professional wrestling realm, um, can you tell me a little bit more about your, um, your in-ring gimmick and, and what you would do there? Well, the in-ring gimmick was um, the wog boy. Uh, <laughs> and I'd dress up in um, traditional, traditional Italian sheep herders costume. Yeah, right. <laughs> From Calabria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'd, I'd come out and I'd throw salamis, little pre-packed salamis out to the kids and... Um, I also have a, a large salami stuck down my pants as a <laughs> <laughs> as a weapon when, uh, when the ref wasn't looking. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, used to um, used to pull that out as a, as a, as the finisher, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Kind of like a Mister Soko, but a yeah. Mister Salami. Mm. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Come here, get this in here. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. So no, yeah. Because I remember there was that there was that wrestler, um, the Candyman. Oh, yes, he'd do the candy. And he would throw out the candy. Mm. So you were like the full wog version. Let's just throw out little salamis. It's kind of like a piss take on that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great match, the the candy man versus the wog boy. Yeah, well, it was actually in a, a rumble, when was it? Um, November, about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, not last year, the November before. And Candyman was in that match with me and uh, I was there doing my salami thing and he did his candy thing and yeah. so it was a bit of a laugh. <laughs> did yeah. they have you guys come out like in succession, like one of you's come out and then yeah, the next one? Yeah, it was a rumble. Uh, no, no, no. He was already in the ring by the time I got in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they, they, it would have been good if they synchronised that. Yeah, I think uh, if you do that again, you should you should be like number 10 or whatever and then he comes out on number 11, like you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it, so yeah. like if you, you get the salami and then you get the lollies. <laughs> yeah, that salami, I pulled out that time I was um, Iron Horse uh, uh, war, uh, war Machine, Kane. Uh, Morisov. Uh, yeah, oh, is that was, the dude? The, the big, really dark dude. Yeah. Big Mate, boy. I was on my tippy toes. I was choking him with a salami. I was on my tippy toes just to reach his <laughs> neck. I was like, fuck, man, how tall are you? <laughs> I just couldn't reach. And um, yeah, we sort of uh, beat him down with my salami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then that salami did the rounds through that whole match, actually. And uh, <laughs> um, Insano, who was a funny bit there, it was a, uh, a psycho kid ended up with it, and he's, he's mad as a cut snack. Really? And uh, um, he's um he's got Insano down and he's shoving it down Insano's shoving his salami into Insano's throat mm. in his mouth and Insano's yelling out I'm a vegetarian <laughs> which is true actually that made he it really so is. funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm a vegetarian and he's shoving this salami down his throat <laughs> yeah that's yeah. Oh, oh yeah that's he's done some um, done some laps there was another time it was really hot and I thought. Well, this salami's sweating and it's starting to weep. I better put it in the in the fridge and you know because otherwise it's going to go off. Not that I'm going to yeah. eat it. So yeah, no, no, yeah. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> what you're thinking? Mm. And um, 
Yeah, and ended up doing the match, and I was I was getting hit by it that time, and uh, because it kept it in the fridge, it was hard as a iron bar. So <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I got that over there. That hurt like hell. Uh, it did break well though, so that was that it was, snapped uh, when it hit your head. Yeah, it snapped. It flew off into the audience and uh, hit one of the wrestlers' mums, um, to- <laughs> Tommy Hellfire's mum, <laughs> in the audience, and um, she apparently said that the, she took it home and the dog really enjoyed it. Is so, that right? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's good. It's good to see things don't just go to waste. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Mm. Oh, that, yeah, the Salami thing was all right. There was, there was another match I did at NAW. There was a rumble. I got to throw out the salamis as I got out. And um, as I got eliminated, I've ended up against the barrier on the floor. Mm. And um, this kid comes up and kicks me in the back of the head through the rail and goes, where's my fucking salami, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sort of like covering my face because I'm pissing myself laughing, trying to pretend I'm hurt. <laughs> and it's like, it's like no, it's probably an eight, ten-year-old kid. It's like, hey, you kiss your mother with that mouth for water. <laughs> and that, that is proof. That your wrestling persona was over in that promotion, that the kid knew you that well, that he was like, hey, there's the salami guy. I want my salami. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think it's just something for free because I, I, I hadn't wrestled there f- for a very long time. So, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think he would have actually known me. He's just like, hang on, everyone else got one. Where's mine? <laughs> Where's my one? Yeah. Hey, you know, kids are quick, mate. They're going to figure it out pretty quick, aren't they? That's it, yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm. That is brilliant, man. The Wog boy coming out with the salami and making uh, whether it's it's being used on you or on the audience or or in in whatever capacity. Well, it's been it's used a in, a, genius, in a lot mate. of a lot of um, imaginative capacities. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's limitless, really. Oh, yeah, the places you can, you can put us along. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Some creative um, interpretations on that. <laughs> Reminds me of the stories you were telling earlier about your uh, your stage uh, gimmick and and that you, we could see your salami through your pants so yeah. you know you, we could see where you got your, the idea from anyway <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh man oh, good stuff that's it well um yeah if people do want to um get a hold of you for your your wrestling or for your your music um um how, how can they do that mate um, on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Robert Largy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, if you just shoot me a message, if you're interested in, in any lighting, technical guy. I actually do a lot of programming as well. So if you've, you're a band, for example, I can actually program a whole lighting show to your music and uh, you can trigger it via MIDI. So yeah. if you're playing for click track, I can have a, a fully sequenced light show. Just press go and see you later. And where you go. Yeah. So oh, all the awesome. accents, everything, whatever you want to do. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, the band stuff's um, SPs in uh, uh, Adonis Paradise, unfortunately, because we can't put what SP means um, on, on a channel. Slut pump. <laughs> Slut pump, that's yeah, the one. That's not gonna, it's, yeah, that's going to get the wrong kind of things going oh, yeah, to. Yeah, a lot of um, like, like great romantic love songs like uh, Where These Chicks We're Going to Fuck and, um, mm. yeah, go, oh, gosh, go get fucked. Yeah. There's a thing going there. <laughs> it reminds me of that band um, that I, I, I there's a, a guy that I know. You may know him as well. His name's John Sanders, but he went as the the stage name and um, the the radio DJ name of Doug Steele for for oh, a yes. lot of years. Yep. Um, and he plays drums, even though he's this ridiculous guitar player. But he actually plays drums in a band called Brothel, <laughs> and they have. Um, uh, very similar sounding song names. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and the front man of that band is called the the one man gangbang. <laughs> and he, he comes out in like a this suit with all these dildos attached to him. <laughs> yeah. Most of run around, yeah. I did the short thing there too. Yeah, so my stage name was Bob Cock. Bob Cock? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, so... Yeah, and uh, Andy Baby was the uh, singer. So, <laughs> and so you can you can never really like this is this is like that subculture of Melbourne music that like if you don't know about it, it would just kind of blow your mind. It's like what there's bands out there that sing about this stuff and get up there and do yeah. like this really like kind of full on stuff. Yeah, you know, because it's not it's not the the regular gig, but they are out there, man. You know, yeah. and the people actually get into it. Like, um, mm. they, they actually enjoy it. They have a good time. They end up singing along. Yeah, they get the gist of the song. You know, on the chorus, like, hey, baby, this time we're out of luck. Why don't you? Mm, mm, mm. Go get fucked. No one gets <laughs> they into get it. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good time, man. Yeah. So it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, 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 that's what it's about. You get everyone to, to have fun together, and uh, you go home. That's 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 
you know, regardless of what you get paid, that's that's the payoff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, have you been able to entertain a bunch of people, whether it is in the wrestling ring or on stage, you know, doing your thing? Mm. You, you're going to be able to sleep well that night. Yeah. You go home for, for some, that's, that's, that's your reward. That's your smile. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I can definitely, uh, definitely attest to that. That's a cool vibe. Mm. Um. And so, yeah, man, uh, is there anything online with those bands? Because I know you mentioned you brought a few CDs, mate. Let's break them out. What have you, what have you, what have you brought for me? We have Italia Mia, which is another um, traditional band. Uh, yeah. They're, they're um, since defunct, I think. Uh, a lot of traditional Italian songs, but redone. Oh, okay. Um, modernised. Nice. Uh, so that was a really good experience. Um, there we go. Slut Bump. I hurt. It hurts, but I like it. Uh, we've got Putana. Putana. You know, yeah, Putana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much sex. Uh, die, you bastard. Uh, go get fucked. I'm never getting married. Uh, treat your root right. <laughs> treat your root right. Oh, yeah, I need a fuck. Okay. Yeah. So there, It's classy, really. Class, it is classy very classy. Music. Yeah. I do wear a bow tie when I play. Wow, and that one doesn't <laughs> even have any artwork, mate. That's literally just a burnt CD with a list of the tracks yeah. on the front of it. A- SP is, uh, is the band of procrastination. Because uh, because of the name, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, recorded all this material, but never bother getting it pressed professionally. <laughs> yeah, because uh, for some reason people get offended by it. It's, uh, the name, yeah. so we called it Adonis Paradise, just just to get a channel up there, AdonisParadise.com. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's a sticking point. Uh, Enter Twilight, which is a progressive metal band. There's a couple of albums from them. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a, a, a great experience as well, and uh, Calabria Mia band, which uh, I toured over half the world with. <laughs> that was a that was a uh, one of the last albums we did there as well. Yeah, yeah. So did we talk about? Oh man, I'm trying to remember because we were yeah. saying 40 minutes in. Do we actually? You know, we'll just double up. Tell us a little bit about Calabria Mia before we before we finish up. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just um, I ended up joining a show band, and they said, "Oh, it's an Italian show band." It's like, uh, it's probably just wedding receptions and stuff. But the mm. the guy was legit, and yeah, we did proper rehearsals. We toured all around Australia. Then we ended up in the states and Canada and all over the place. So I ended up in Boston playing, with, sharing the stage with Pointer Sisters. And wow, it was just like amazing, yeah. And that was like a, a proper paid, real job. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. How long were you with those guys? Oh, a couple of years, I think we went for. And that was your full time gig. Uh, no, I was still working when when I'd come back from tour. I'd be working at um, Billy Hyde's Music. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were fantastic because they're all musos. It's like, yep, oh, I've got to go for three months. Yeah, like, yeah, no worries. Off you go. I'll <laughs> see you, you when you get back. See you when you get back. Yeah, it was fan. It was just like everything just fell into place. It was fantastic. That's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, Miles, um, the the guy there that used to run it, Miles Jackson, absolute legend, mate. He yeah. taught me a, a shit ton of stuff about. Everything is. He's really good. Yeah, very good guy. I from the band? Him. No, no. He was oh, the, from the manager of um, Billy Hyde's Billy music. Billy Hyde's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a really good guy. Yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, it was fortunate and I had a lot of opportunities uh, yeah, and it sort of fell onto each other sort of thing throughout the days. So, yeah. um, I'm doing a lot of stuff at the moment with um, the Badgers, uh, Jamie Thompson and, um, and Pete O'Brien. We sort of get together and do like improvised free playing mm-hmm. so we'll do maybe two three hours is just on the spot off the cuff improvised <laughs> just jamming yeah so yeah yeah that's it's great fun uh we're doing doing a bit of that lately getting back into that as well so. oh nice nice yeah yeah so cool, it's man. creative you get the shit off the liver <laughs> you're not yeah, playing a yeah. set song so you can sort of express yourself a bit yeah and just yeah. play whatever comes to mind yeah so that's 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 uh that's been a good fun there yeah. nice man yeah well, there you go, man. Well, we've, we've certainly hit a lot of points here on The Art of Touring tonight. Um, again, uh, we did a, hit a little bit of a speed bump in the road uh, where, where, where we, we, we had to kind of redo the last few minutes. So, so we, we may have missed a couple of things, but um, I think I think we got some good stuff in there. Because yeah, 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 in the downtime, I, I redid my hair and makeup, so yeah. <laughs> the continuity should be there. It should be yeah. there. <laughs> That's it, mate. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the show, and we will see you very, very soon on either the uh, the the stage playing base or in and around a wrestling ring. Thank you. See Thank you, you, dude. Take care, man. Ciao, Thank brother. You. Yes, we're still recording. <laughs> Thank you.
And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 90, all done and dusted. So, you heard it there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we got through about 40 minutes of the conversation. Uh, well, no, we got through the whole hour. And I was like, oh, yeah, great stories, mate. We'll see you next time. And I went to hit stop on the on the old Zoom H6 recorder. And it had already stopped. It had stopped 20 minutes before. So we frantically ran over to the studio, dumped the audio into the old, you know, PC over here, listened back to what we'd already done a little bit. Oh, okay, we were talking about this, talking about that. So if the conversation was a little bit disjointed, I apologize this week. But we, we may do. We, we, and I think we got some pretty good stories in there. So uh, we appreciate your patience here on the Art of Touring podcast. Oh, thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener of the show, I hope you come on back each and every week. I have a new guest that joins me every week, so you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family by becoming a regular listener. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you would like to come on the show if you're a touring musician, a performer, or a wrestler, please hit me up or send me a message on Instagram at artoftouringpodcast or go to the likable page on Facebook. Just search for Art of Touring Podcast, hit like, and send me a DM. You can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to make a rating on your chosen podcast platform and write a short review. That would be awesome. Now let's get into some plugs. Never have I ever had to plug something more desperately on the Art of Touring podcast. This, not this Saturday, but four weeks from now, a little over four weeks from now, Saturday the 15th of February, at the Spotted Mallard in Brunswick in 2020. Oh man, we're in the future. The Art of Touring podcast is celebrating its 100th episode. It's a huge milestone, guys. So come along for a live event. Joining me on the night will be previous guests of the show. You can rub shoulders with with the previous guests, including live sets from the Millionaires Club, Delsinki, Warbirds, Swedish Pop Factory, and the debut performance by The Lip Looseners, a supergroup that I've put together of previous members of the podcast. And we're going to be performing songs from your favorite tracks from fake bands in movies, including Spinal Tap, uh, Still Crazy, uh, Mark Wahlberg's Rockstar, and The Wedding Singer, and a couple of other surprises. Tickets will be available. Sorry, tickets are available right now. As I was saying at the start of the pod, five tickets have been sold. I've only got to sell another 295 for it to be a sellout. So please, if you're listening, buy a ticket. If you can't come, send it to somebody else so that there'll be more people there. It'll be awesome. If you're a previous guest on the show, please buy a ticket, support the pod and come on down and have a beer and a laugh with everyone Hopefully, it's going to be an awesome, awesome night. That's all from me. I'll take a shot. That's all from me this week. Before I have a go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram, spelt W-A-H-L. Mr. Wall, that is, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Robert Luggy. Uh, be sure to follow him on all his social profiles. Uh, that's all from me this week. Just one more plug for my for my gig, February 15th. Please come. Please, I don't want to play to an empty room. I don't want the promoter to be angry with me. Please, come along. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of The Yard of Turing with a sizz dog. Ow, ow, ow. And remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury, the best vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where, as the name suggests, you can train anytime, day or night.